welcome to the Ruby Slipper Podcast. You have everything inside you to live your life on purpose. Just click your heels, step into your Ruby Slippers and head home to yourself. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Ruby Slipper Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Rosie. If you don't know me, I am the host of this podcast and I'm super grateful that you chose to pop me in your ears today. So thank you very much and I hope you find an immense amount of value in the wisdom that you're going to hear today. I have a very special guest, which I'm really, really excited to dive into this interview with. Her name is Ali Jade. She is an artist, first and foremost, um, and in all her spare time, she is an advocate for women in custody. She works for the Women's Justice Network, which is an a organization that supports women and girls affected by the criminal justice system. And Ali came across her purpose because she was in prison for 14 months. So going through that experience has led her through and then out the other side to be living her purpose today, supporting these women. And when I was approached to interview Ali on the podcast, I jumped at it because I spent some time in 2019 on Necker Island via a leadership retreat that was hosted by Business Chicks. And Piper Kirkman was one of the speakers. So Piper is the author of Orange is the New Black. And she spent, I think it was roughly the same amount of time, actually, Ali, around 14 months or so in prison in the States. And she has come out and she's a massive, massive advocate for women and people in general, to be honest, that are incarcerated. And I think her work is so important. And when I heard about Ali, I was just like, yes, I want her on here because then there is no nowhere near enough awareness ar- around this and people need to know. So Ali, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. So, do you just want to share a little bit about your story with our audience, let them know a bit more about you, your journey, um, share as much as you'd like, and then we can get into how that manifests into like your purpose-driven work that you're doing now. Yeah, sure. So, basically, I got arrested in December 2015 on drug charges. I had never been arrested or in trouble with the police or anything like that before, um, but I did find myself in addiction. So um, I've struggled with alcoholism and addiction since my early teens. Uh, it wasn't something that I was aware of until I got arrested. So, you know, it was just one of those things where I was just blindly going through the motions a lot of people in addiction find themselves in, which is, you know, degradation, breaking the law, all kinds of situations. And um, for me, I got into selling drugs to fund and support my habit, got arrested and was remanded in custody. Um, and at the point of my arrest, I had no idea what that meant. I, had, Like I said, I'd never had anything to do with the police or anything like that. Mm. I saw myself as being quite a law-abiding citizen, funnily enough. But yeah, I was just well and truly deep in my addiction. And so um, when I was reminded in custody, it was around Christmas, like I said, 20th of December, I was taken into prison and they just kind of leave you there until your court date. And because of our system that we're currently in, you know, that could be anywhere from three to four months. And with the Germans, you know, it can take you a really long time to get in front of a judge. So in my case, I didn't get in front of a judge until well, well over a year after my... A year? A year. So it was 14 months before I got in front of a judge. So you were just arrested, um, put in there and nothing, yeah. like, wow. 
Wow. So it's called, it's called remand. So some crimes are seen as serious enough that they'll remand you in custody. Um, and because of the charge that I was charged with, it was a small drug charge but over several different occasions. And so in New South Wales law, um, that's considered to be serious. So they, yeah, remanded me in custody for a really long time. But it's just one of those things that ended up being a real turning point for me. And I don't regret the experience at all because it, it taught me so much. That tends to happen when we go through things that give us purpose and direction even though they're horrific at the time Mm. and you think how did this happen to me and how am I ever going to get out of it when you do get out of it you're like yeah right I can I can see why this was an important part of my life so did you end up getting convicted then well yeah so I pled guilty to the charge they also have another I think in New South Wales where I don't know if it's Australia-wide, but New South Wales where if you plead guilty to your charges, they'll give you 25% off. Um, It's a way to incentivise people um, to plead guilty to get the backlog of the the court system is just really, really, really bad. So I plead guilty to my charges because, you know, obviously I was guilty. I did do what they said I did and I didn't want to go through the process of having to drag out my situation through court. So I pled guilty and the, char- uh, the the judge gave me two weeks to serve. Two weeks? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I went back into custody for two weeks and then I was released in um, around February 2017. Wow. Yeah. So what was it like in prison? I haven't actually spoken to anyone that has been... Oh, it was really a huge... It was a massive, massive shock for me. Um, I'd never been in trouble or anything like that before so it was wild like I felt really out of place I felt like I had to adapt really really quickly and the scariest thing for me was not the environment but the way I was feeling Mm. um, because I had I was sober for the first time in 15, 15 years and I was you know in need of medical attention and psychological intervention and I didn't have access to any of that stuff and it was really tough so a lot of the what I was experiencing was um, uh, like withdrawal symptoms and, you know, in a way it almost, it, it's an institution, so it almost felt kind of like a hospital in some ways and other times like a school. You you do get your identity taken away from you, so you become, like once you put on the, the uniform, you just become an inmate, so you don't have autonomy and you don't have things like, you know, your sense of self-respect kind of dissipates, like you can't advocate for yourself, no one wants to hear it. So it's very um, disempowering and whatever, if you have any shred of self-esteem left, it soon disappears. So you just become one of many women who, you know, later on since this experience, I've realised that, you know, women who've been victims of lots and lots of things before they find themselves in prison. Um, most of them have just been, you know, victimised and traumatised their entire lives mm-hmm. and it's just another compounding on top of that victimisation of trauma. Um, usually, in most cases, prison is just another version of that, not in all cases. But I did meet some really amazing people and I learned a lot about myself. I guess I'm only going off because the only thing I've got to compare it to is like Piper's story. Um, So was it like that for you? Did you get helped by like a community of women that were in there? Well, sort of like a lot of people ask me, you know, is it like Orange is the New Black? And I usually say yes and no because it's not like America. Yeah. We don't have big open wings like they do. We have, um, you know, smaller wings uh, where there's usually 
two to three inmates per cell. Like it's not like a big open plan dorm where everyone has access to each other and there's probably not as much violence that goes on and, and, yeah. and the prison numbers are not as big. So it is different in the what you see on TV. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing like that. Um, it's nothing like this whole – well, my experience was there wasn't this whole like top dog hierarchy thing. It wasn't a real thing. It's like more of a dramatic fantasy that gets invented but yeah um, <laughs> what a surprise the reality was that yes um relationships do get formed in terms of family units there's a lot of women who are very vulnerable so they cling on to other women to form almost like mother-daughter relationships yeah, and wow. um, support relationships and some of them are quite beneficial i mean i i made a friend in there um, who I'm still friends with today, um, and we started our own little side project where we want to help women who've been through stuff like what we've been through. We want to help them to find their their sort of personal power. So yeah. we still keep in touch, and we still we're both um, very you know focused on that giving back sort of thing. I love that. Thanks for being part of our purpose. The Ruby Slipper Podcast is kept ad free, so we don't annoy the shit out of you with ads. If you'd like to keep it that way and receive exclusive gifts from Rosie please click on the Patreon link, which you can find in the show notes or at rosynerney.com. This is not an ad. My podcast is all about, you know, finding your ruby slippers. So, you know, the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy finds her ruby slippers and she realises that the power she had was with her the whole time. So you're Mm -hmm. in and then you come out. At what point, I call it the ruby slipper moment, where you realise I have all I need within me and I'm going to go and use it to make this world a better place or to make my life count well my ruby slipper moment happened while i was in custody so it was about probably two weeks in i was out of induction which is where they put you when you're withdrawing and i was in the first wing that i was in and somebody gave me a pen and i've always been an artist um and during my addiction i never really connected with my art very much and so a pen was quite a big deal because no one had anything so wow when I asked the woman, can I keep this? She said, yeah, as long as you draw me a picture. And I realized that pictures are like currency. And the fact that I could draw, suddenly I was like this person that everybody wanted something from. And that gave wow. me, yeah, I was like starting these biro images. I started drawing these little biro pictures and then people were giving me pictures of their children and family to draw. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I started like this little business inside the prison where I was like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure the officers thought I was selling drugs or something. And I was like, no, I swear, I'm just drawing pictures. And, wow. and <laughs> um, I had all, you know, everyone wanted something from me. So it became really quickly, it became a, a source of um, power and inspiration for me. And I thought to myself, if I can make this work in here, imagine what I could do out there with this. If I can stay true to my art, and this is obviously what I'm supposed to do. Wow. If I, don't, I don't care if I starve you know when I get out of here I'm going to stay true to my art because this is what I'm meant to do and I know that now and so that was a big moment for me and staying clean and sober was an, a huge part of that you know I just said I said to myself all I have to do is stay clean and sober one day at a time and I can get you know take those little steps towards that goal and I guess the goal was to use art as a way to you know a empower myself and b empower others and that's what I'm doing I love that that's just Ooh. Oh, maybe teary listening to you actually because, yeah, I love that so much. Not mm-hmm. not only you finding it for yourself but how you were able to give give to those other women. I can't was, imagine what it would be like. I, I saw written on the wall actually in the prison. It was something someone had written and it said, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we'll see how our experience can benefit others. 
And I read that and I, that was another big light bulb moment for me. I was like, okay, this experience has value. Even right now, what I'm experiencing can be, That is you know, phenomenal. It's yeah, so it like, is. and as you're saying this, I'm just like, this is so, so misunderstood. Mm. That Like just the perception and, you know, the media and the entertainment industry have a lot to be held accountable for in relation to this. It's so misunderstood what you're saying. Like, your identity gets taken. You're, you're not a person anymore. You're yeah. just someone, you're just a thing that needs to be managed. And having things like that written on the wall, there are real humans. There are real, yeah. you know, men and women in there that have feelings and that have made some really bad choices, but they're not necessarily bad people. And everyone deserves hope. And that was one thing that I loved about Piper when she was talking. She said the system is built to harm, not to heal. Mm-hmm. And specifically for women, that 90, oh, huge statistic, 92%, I think, of women that are incarcerated have experienced some kind of domestic violence and or sexual abuse prior mm-hmm. to incarceration. Yeah. I'm just like, 92%? Like, that's massive. Yeah. It's massive. I'm writing a, you know, I run a program at the moment inside a youth juvenile justice facility. So I actually go back into the youth system and I teach an art program there and it's a diversionary program. So the whole idea is that we talk about things like self-esteem and resilience and self-care and, you know, esteem building things. And, and, And one of the things that strikes me is that these girls have never, ever been told that they're valuable or worthy or that they can make a difference in the world, or that their experiences have value, or that their words have value or thoughts. So they just have got no idea about self-esteem. And it starts there, and it just carries on through their life, into their relationships and their choices. And, you know, you wonder why people end up in prison. It's just pretty obvious to me now, but back then, obviously, it wasn't. Mm. Shine in your ruby slippers and get weekly inspiration. Join Rosie's mailing list at www.rosienerney.com. So you're working directly with the system now and rehabilitating women and girls that ha- that are in this, the shoes that you were wearing. Yeah, so I work for an organisation called the Women's Justice Network. I'm a youth programs worker with them. And so, like I said, I go back into the youth juvenile justice system and teach um, groups to girls in there. At the moment, because of COVID, I haven't been going in, but I am in the process of continuing what I'm doing, the so writing programs, adapting what I've learned into something that we can model and deliver to women and girls in custody. Um, And I also, the organisation I work for are fantastic. They match volunteer mentors from the community with women who are currently incarcerated. And so they, they match women, like anyone can sort of get selected to become a mentor and then they match you up with a, a woman in custody and you become like a pen pal. Um, Yeah. They match you based on mutual interests and then once the woman is released you can become almost like a peer mentor for this woman and help her kind of get back on her feet so I went through that program and matched with a mentor and she was an integral part of my uh, rehabilitation when I got released so I'm really grateful to be working for them it's just an incredible opportunity for me to do what I want to do that's Um, amazing and anyone can do that you just volunteer yeah so they have a website it's um, www.wjn.com org.au um, and you can go on there and register to become a mentor and they have you know obviously a screening process and then they have training and then women can um, apply to become mentors yeah 
That's phenomenal. I'm just listening to you. I'm like, that is so something I would love to do. Totally up my alley. I'd love to be able to contribute like that. What was a – sorry, go. I was just saying, like, we know mentorship works and we know that it works in this this particular area because, um, you know, with women who've stayed engaged in the mentorship program, they've had a 97% success rate in, in the fact that they won't return to custody. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And is the is there public funding for that, or is this no? All, this no, is independently funded. Yeah, so we do have a little bit of funding for um, the adult mentoring, but the majority of our funding is from the community. At the moment, we're in the middle of doing our 2020 fundraiser because of COVID. We had to cancel our big, you know, gala, the end of the year gala. So we're doing an online fundraiser. So if anyone's interested in helping out, jump on the website. And, um, yeah, check it out because we fundraise through community stuff and I'm, I do stuff through my art and, yeah, it's um, – I can't believe – well, I can, but still, still, this kind of stuff blows my mind. When you have a success rate of 97% mm-hmm. that it isn't supported by the government. Yeah. Like, come on. It's just <laughs> – oh. Okay, so yeah. if anyone's listening to this and you want to contribute individually or you know a business that would like to be involved in helping these women rehabilitate and get back into society with their self-worth and their self-esteem intact, maybe for the first time ever, um, please go to that website that Ali mentioned because uh, this is very, very important work. Let Rosie guide you to find your ruby slippers and learn how to use them. www.rosienanny.com What was a common theme that you found with the women that were in prison? Like apart from, you know, you said the trauma and the lack of self-worth and stuff like that. Was it, I don't know, was there anything else that was like a common theme between everyone? Um, I suppose if I had to sum it up in one word, I would say heartbroken, Mm. just from the beginning, just heartbroken, just been let down by, you know, maybe their parents, maybe the system, maybe they've been, you know, victims, but just, they just struck me as just a big group of heartbroken women who've had to manage and adapt and had to become hard in order to survive in a world that they were living in. That's not nice, but. I'm I'm very big on shining light on these areas of the world that don't get light shone on them because just yeah. because just because they don't get exposure doesn't mean they're not there. Yeah. And so when you came out and you know doing what you do now, what is it that I mean, I guess it's pretty obvious like wanting to change things and stuff like that, but what is the the driver for you to to not quit, to keep going, to not mm-hmm. stop? It's knowing that my experience can benefit someone else. So what makes me want to keep pushing forward and the fact that I went and put myself in rehab for two years, even though I'd already been sober for 14 months in custody, you know, all this stuff is that I I knew that I, for once in my life I had purpose and purpose is a huge motivator. Mm-hmm. And my purpose was to be able to be an example for someone else. And it doesn't mean that someone else could could come out and do what I've done. It might just be that they feel empowered to, you know, leave that situation or they feel empowered to go for that job or they feel empower- empowered to stand up for themselves for the first time. It, it could be anything. But if, if I can give somebody that that little push, that's made my experience and everything I went through worth it. I love that so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your story. The information 
that you shared and the work that you're doing is so, so, so important. And I'm so grateful to have shared this time with you. If people want to come and find you and check out your art, where is the best place to do that? Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am on Instagram, so at Ali Jade Art, A-L-L-Y-J-A-D-E-A-R-T. Um, I'm also, I also have a website, AliJadeArt.com, uh, or they can check out the Women's Justice Network website, which is www.wjn.org.au. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to this episode. What we talked about on here today is so important. It doesn't get enough airtime at all. So please share, 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 share it on your socials, go and share it and tag me, tag Ali and go to that website if you'd like to help out and donate. It's really, really important that everybody matters and um, that we can do what we can to help these women come back and live a happy life because every single person on this planet deserves that. So thank you so much for tuning in and I will catch you on the next episode of the Ruby Slipper podcast. Want more tools to help you live your purpose daily? Don't leave your Ruby Slippers on the shelf. Click your heels at www.rosynerney.com and check out her free online course now.